Welcome to The Secret Life of Dietitians. I'm Laura Poland. And I'm Amy Keller. We are back with dietary supplements today. Yeah. And we are going to talk about maybe the most popular dietary supplement out there right now. I don't remember this being this popular many years ago. No, it has changed. It has changed a lot. Maybe 10, 15 years yeah i'm bad with years yeah me too i I think they're going faster anymore (laughs) right right if you have not listened to the last podcast on an overview of dietary supplements i never want to turn tell somebody to turn something off but pause (laughs) Pause. and go listen to that to give you a little bit of background on what we're talking about today but we want to talk about vitamin d because it gets a tremendous amount of coverage Uh, in the media and even in medical circles, you might be taking vitamin D. Yep. Your doctor, right, your doctor, right. (laughs) During COVID, we were kind of told to, right? (laughs) So let's talk about whether vitamin D is the miracle supplement that maybe we should all be taking. So you did the deep dive on this one. I actually had a ton of fun researching this. (laughs) One of my favorite authors ever, maybe, is Dr. Paul Offit. Okay. And if you've, uh, he's done a number of books on dietary supplements, on other things related to medicine. He's a vaccine expert um, from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Okay. And he is just, he is an entertaining read, Mm -hmm. um, but he's also extremely well-informed. And he did a book recently in the last year or so called Overkill. Uh Why, why Why a lot of things that we do for medicine and health are wrong. (laughs) And it's an incredibly well-researched book, and it got me reading more about vitamin D because he devotes an entire chapter to whether vitamin D supplements are something that everyone should be taking. And so I'm going to present a little bit of his stuff today. I'm going to present a little bit of the things that I talked about uh, or I read about, but we continue to be in what I would describe as a vitamin D craze. Yeah. So vitamin D is interesting, right? Right. It's, it's, vitamin D is one of those vitamins that's a fat-soluble vitamin. Right. Meaning that our body potentially can store it. Right. And so it's one of those that you definitely want to be careful with. Right. In terms of more is not always better. Right. And you're going to hear that a couple times through this podcast, that more is maybe not always better. Right. In the situation with vitamin D. But I I think people have already sometimes hear, too, vitamin D, you may have heard this, is also a hormone, right? Right. It's actually more a hormone than Than a vitamin. vitamin. Right. Yeah. Because vitamins, by definition, are something that you have to get through food. But vitamin D can be synthesized in your own body by exposure to the sun, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. Yes. So technically, it's not even really a vitamin. It's a hormone. Yeah. So that that was sort of a fun fact. But 25% Absolutely. of older adults take a vitamin D supplement. And this is a really interesting t- statistic from a New York Times article in 2018. Vitamin D testing is the fifth most common lab test covered by Medicare. That's interesting. Because I felt like it was one of those tests that 
they just didn't feel like it, most insurances weren't covering it. Right. But now that Medicare is, right. everyone else will follow. That's a, a lesson to you. This is something we run into as dietitians. Yes. Is that, you know, you wait for Medicare to cover, to cover something and then everyone else will. Yep. There was a 2020 survey found that sales of vitamin D were $544 million in the first part of 2020. That's what I was wondering. That's not even a whole year. That's the first part yeah. of 2020. Well, because it became this big push that I was hearing about consuming vitamin D because of COVID. Right. So let's bust that myth right now. Okay. <laughs> so the reason it took off this year is there had been some studies that showed an association between low vitamin D levels and risk of severe COVID infections. So let's talk about that really quickly. Remember, association study is not cause cause and effect effect established. The National Institute for Healthcare and Excellence published guidance on vitamin D this past December. While low levels of vitamin D in the body equaled more severe outcomes with COVID, researchers could not establish cause and effect. (laughs) Couple of things. Okay. Vitamin D is what we call an acute phase reactant. And you don't need to remember that particular phrase, but what that means is when you are sick, you have lab levels that will go kind of wonky on you. And this is one that responds to infection by going down. Well, what is COVID? It's It's a viral infection. infection. Right, Right, exactly. And so what we can't tell is whether vitamin D status causes the poor outcome or if COVID actually causes the low vitamin D levels. Yeah. Okay. So there's actually only been one controlled trial done with vitamin D to treat COVID, Hmm. and it did not recommend routine supplementation to prevent and treat COVID. Okay. So here's the other thing. Low vitamin D levels might be an indication of poorer health or overall nutritional status. And we know after all this entire year, that patients who are in poorer health when they get COVID are less likely to do well. They're less likely to survive, or if they are surviving, they're not doing well. There are, of course, exceptions. Somebody who's very healthy who gets sick with COVID and, and doesn't do well. Right. But generally, and you can see this with the kind of population that got COVID more severely, People over 75, Mm -hmm. people with chronic health conditions, Mm -hmm. chronic diseases, people who lived in facilities where there was lots of people around and congregate living type of facilities like nursing homes where things spread really easily. But again, if you're in that type of facility, typically your health is not good. Just that's the nature of it. And so we would see more severe COVID infection. This report also states that there is sufficient evidence for the supplementation of vitamin D if necessary, and we'll talk more about when that might be necessary, okay. but not in the prevention or treatment of COVID. Okay. So if you are taking COVID or taking COVID, taking vitamin <laughs> D, yep. simply because you think you can prevent a COVID infection right. or that you're going to have a less severe COVID infection or, and you don't yep. have a vitamin D deficiency, but you're just taking it as what we call, remember that insurance policy? Yep. It may not work out for you the way you think. Right. right. Yeah. It may not be... The Paneka that everybody says right. it is. <laughs> and, and I think that's really something to we're going to talk about today is that okay. vitamin D gets a lot of credit maybe where it's not due. So okay. 
Let's talk about why vitamin D is important. And we're going to have an upcoming podcast on bone health, which we're going to talk about more specifically nutrients that you need for healthy bones. But the primary role of vitamin D involves the facilitation of calcium intake. So when you eat high calcium foods, uh huh, you absorb only a certain percentage of that in your intestine. Right. I think it's like 10 to 15 percent. Right. right. So it's not okay. a huge amount. And that's without vitamin D. Right. So if you have an inadequate intake of vitamin D or you're not making enough vitamin D from the sun, mm-hmm. you have less calcium absorbed from your intestine. Okay. With vitamin D, 30 to 40% of the calcium is absorbed. So it makes sense. It's like twice, two, or that's like almost three to four times. Right. So you may, you absorb much more calcium from the intestine. Okay. We'll talk about this in bone health, but calcium levels are very tightly regulated in the mm-hmm. body. And okay. your body would much rather steal calcium from bones than have, you know, have some type of heart stoppage issue that can occur when low right. calcium occurs. Same so, kind of thing. So you want to make sure that that vitamin D is, is, is present to help you absorb adequate and calcium. And that's why you'll typically see it added to your dairy products. Right. Because it doesn't come naturally in da- dairy products. It's something that they add to dairy products. They're looking out for us. Right. <laughs> so good sources of vitamin D are hard to find. Yes. <laughs> so this list is very short. It's very short. So here's some natural sources where it's naturally found. I mean, all things okay. are natural, but natural sources. Mm-hmm. Some dairy products, things like fatty fish, like salmon, mackerel, and tuna. Okay. Kale, collard greens, broccoli, egg yolks, and cheese. So it's a pretty short list. Now, yep. we might eat some of those foods every day, mm-hmm. but it, it can be a little bit more difficult to... It can be get enough vitamin D in your diet. Now, you as mentioned, and I agree with this, it's added to a lot of products. So it's added to some of these plant-based, quote-unquote, milks that right. we're talking about, beverages. Drinks. Right. <laughs> beverages. You know, so things like almond milk, mm-hmm. soy milk, you'll see that on the label, vitamin D added. That's right. awesome. I'm right. glad it's there. Right. Um, it helps you absorb the calcium that it's has also been, been added, added to those because <laughs> they're not there naturally yeah, either. Exactly. Yep. Right. So that's great. Yeah, um, we see a lot of people who have cut out that dairy products, and right. and that's one of the major sources. And then egg yolks. I, see, right. I I feel like that, too. Like, a lot of people eat eggs regularly, but a lot of people also avoid the yolk. Right, you don't and need to. And that's where your vitamin D is. Right. <laughs> so there's other products that are fortified with vitamin D. Some cereals can be mm-hmm. fortified with vitamin D. So once fortification occurred... True vitamin D deficiency was very rare. Okay. It is very rare. It is very rare. Okay. So, for example, you might have heard maybe just if you read old textbooks <laughs> or if you are watching old television shows about rickets uh-huh. in children. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever had a, a seen a child with rickets in your career. Not in my career. But I had I have watched a TV show where they had it, it was back set back in old Scotland it's called Outlander right. series okay. and and the um, uh, king of the castle had rickets yes and and so so yes. they have that bowed leg appearance yes. you can Bow-legged. google this mm-hmm. if you want to a child with rickets yeah but frankly rickets is extremely rare right now. we don't see it at all because yeah. vitamin d <laughs> fortification has occurred for, mm-hmm. in many foods the other thing is that vitamin D deficiency, vitamin, not enough vitamin D in the diet or through you know exposure to sun, mm-hmm. can lead to osteoporosis. So 
there's that thinning of bones, which we're going to talk about, yes. which can lead to fractures, and yes. fractures are debilitating. I think I read a statistic once that a fracture over 75 was just, you know, a horrible situation. Yeah. Especially yeah. a hip fracture. Mm-hmm. They just, they, and, you know, the patients end up, the right, they, yeah, they kind of end up kind of end of quality of good life, you yeah. know, once they have that Maybe fracture. it doesn't have to be. I'm optimistic. Right. <laughs> so in terms of how the sun helps us make vitamin D, and this is, again, where we talk about vitamin D being more of a hormone than, a, than an actual vitamin, sunlight converts a form of cholesterol in our skin to something called pre-vitamin D, which is modified in the liver. And so when you actually get a vitamin D test, you know, through your doctor, that's actually what they're measuring. Oh, okay. Is the amount that's made in the liver or that's available in the liver. Okay. So like I said, rickets is incredibly rare and severe vitamin D deficiency is very rare. Now there are exceptions. Okay. So people who have issues with absorption. Sure. Gastrointestinal conditions such as Mm -hmm. Crohn's disease, inflammatory bowel disease, mm-hmm. celiac disease. Celiac, yep. When you're affecting the absorption of calcium or, and, or, or, and, or and vitamin any, D. Right? Any vitamin or, or mineral any, or right. any nutrient. <laughs> you could end up with low levels. Sure. That makes sense. However, if you don't have one of those conditions, mm-hmm. it is unlikely that you have severely low levels of vitamin D. Makes me wonder, have, have, have they ever looked at, <laughs> this is just, you know, like celiac disease in people who live in areas like we do up north where we don't mm-hmm. get as much mm-hmm. vitamin C or vitamin D through the sunshine versus people who might not be deficient. I mean, generally yeah. speaking with celiac, you're going to be deficient in so many other nutrients. It's not. I don't know if there have been studies done on geography and, yeah, you know, in terms of, you know, if you live a little closer to the equator, mm-hmm. you know, where you yeah. have more sunlight during the year, whether you are, at, if you have somebody with celiac disease who lives in Florida right. versus living in Ohio, right? whether there's more risk well, there's of vitamin D yeah. deficiency. Interesting. Yeah. It's, you know, sunlight and those types of things because we don't have as much abundant sunlight here yeah. for as much of the year mm-hmm. as somebody who lives a little closer to the equator who might have naturally vitamin D levels that are a little bit higher. Yeah. Um, if they don't always wear sunscreen. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing about it. You know, when we talk about the amount of sunshine you need to get, mm-hmm. it's not about going out and getting a sunburn every day. Right. Right. <laughs> it's 15 minutes, right? right? Like, it's not even that long. Right. So if you go time. out and take a 10 to 15 minute walk outside, right. you are getting adequate vitamin D mm-hmm. made through your skin. Okay. Awesome. Part of the controversy with vitamin D has to do with the recommendations of what normal levels for vitamin D are. Okay. This was yeah, in this... Offit's book, and this is fascinating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's one of those maybe follow the money type of situations. Mm-hmm. It's just fascinating. Okay. So in recent years, uh, a level of 20 nanograms per milliliter used to be considered a normal level of vitamin D. So if you would go and get a lab test, they give you your paper that has mm-hmm. your level, and then it gives you the, the levels that they consider mm-hmm. normal. Yeah. Yeah. And so years ago, normal was 20 or or, or 20 or over so if you had a a vitamin d level of 22 or 23 you were considered to have adequate vitamin d levels okay a few years ago though lab reference ranges switched to to 30 
Interesting. Nanograms per milliliter. Okay. Per milliliter. Just this change made many people vitamin D deficient overnight. Right. You know, if you had a 23, <laughs> you one time were normal, and now you're not. Not. Right. Right. Yeah. So there was lots of questions about whether the recommendation to change this reference range was based on science. Right. <laughs> or based on perhaps some research that wasn't very strong, but... Now you can get more lab, lab labs drawn for this. Right. You can sell more supplements for this. Uh-huh. If people believe that they are deficient or if they are told now that suddenly they are right. vitamin D deficient. Interesting. So, yeah, you can do a little bit more reading about this. I'm going to put some links in the show notes. There are a couple of really interesting New York Times articles talking about some of the financial issues behind vitamin D, some Uh of the recommendations made by certain physicians that took off, but... And I I seem to recall the RDA, there was controversy over the RDA changing. Right, and whether that was high enough. RDA is just the amount of vitamin D that they think the majority of the population would need. Right. To meet their needs. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of controversy whether the RDA is high enough. Exactly. Because I of kept the, hearing that. Right, because yeah. the vitamin D craze is such mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah. And why it became such a thing is that, you know, maybe, you know, 15, 20 years ago, a lot of studies started to come out talking about low vitamin D levels and chronic disease. Right. And so we're going to go through a couple of those that have been very popular research topics. And I want to give you a little bit more information on maybe what vitamin D can do and what it can't do. Okay, that sounds good. So the one that I think is very interesting is that vitamin D reduces the risk of depression. So there was, again, association studies. Remember, association studies are great places to form research questions, but they can never establish cause and effect. Right. Because association studies only prove one thing happened, and, and another, another thing, thing happened. happened. <laughs> it does not mean that one has anything to do with the other. Right. My favorite explanation of this is that everyone who has ever gone to the moon eats chicken. <laughs> does that mean that chicken makes you go to the moon? Right. Right? Right. It's a great way is how I explain yeah, this. I've seen a cartoon about this and I'd love to explain it to me. Right. To people is that this is, this is what association sure. studies can tell us. Yeah. That's all that they can tell us. Right. The other thing to remember about association studies is because they are not tightly controlled, many other factors can affect Mm -hmm. an association study. And this happens tons in dietary studies. Absolutely. Because it's so hard to study nutrition. Right. You're having people take questionnaires of, what did you eat in the last five years, Laura? Right. You know, how much milk have you consumed over the last five years of your life? I can't even remember yesterday. Right. 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 And we're asking people to do this. Yeah. In these types of studies. They're very, very difficult to prove any type of cause and effect. Yep. So the one that we talked about that came out was the, talking about association studies about vitamin D reducing the risk of depression. Okay. There was a 2020 randomized control style. This okay. is, again, one of those studies that, again, is very well controlled. Instead of the person deciding whether they're going to take the vitamin D, mm-hmm. the researcher decides gotcha. whether you're going to take the vitamin D, and these are often blinded. Okay. So the 
person taking the vitamin D doesn't understand whether they're getting a placebo. So right. in other words, like a sugar pill uh-huh. versus actually taking vitamin D. And often the researchers don't know. Right. That's considered double blind. That's called double blind. They don't know then either. That's excellent. And that's the best. Because that removes because all can, biases. Right. Yeah. And you can influence. Right. Yep. So there's a 2020 study evaluating okay. the effects of vitamin D over 18,000 patients with depression. So that's a great study. It's a large amount large of Large amount. Okay. 90% of the people who started the trial finished it, which is fantastic. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, 90% of the people. And there was no evidence from this study to prove that vitamin D supplementation has any benefit for patients with uh, depression. Wow. So okay. they gave vitamin D or they gave a placebo and they found no, no difference. difference between the two groups. No difference. Okay. So the next one is vitamin D and colon cancer. And colon cancer is very uncommon, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Um, our lifetime risk of colon cancer is somewhere around 4%. Hmm. So anything we could do to reduce this would be good, right? Sure. Uh-huh. Again, there were association studies about 20 years ago talking about if you have a low vitamin mm. D level, you are more at risk for developing colon cancer. Okay. So in 2018, they did an analysis of 17 studies, again, finding that patients with the lowest level of vitamin D had an increased risk of colon cancer, and those with the highest levels had a decreased risk of colon cancer, which is great. Okay. However, this did not <laughs> examine whether the people with high vitamin D levels somehow differed from right. those with lower levels. So just like any other association study, right. no cause and effect could be established. Right. I mean, that always makes me think about, I swear, every time I look at studies like that, it's okay, but that person who had the low vitamin D levels versus the person with the higher vitamin D levels, what are they doing in their daily lives that might be influencing them? Right. Right? So they could be eating a healthier diet. They could be including the dairy products where this other person was not. Right. They could be exercising more. Weight-bearing exercise is Helps. great for bones. Yep. You know, uh, they could not, maybe not be smoking. Right. They may have health insurance. And that all And they may go to their doctor. Your <laughs> risk for cancer. That's right. all. They may have yeah. the money to afford colonoscopies. Right. Or more likely to get a colonoscopy, which is actually the best prevention yeah. for colon cancer that we can have as a colonoscopy. There's other large studies using, again, vitamin D versus placebo, Mm -hmm. finding no major differences for colon cancer and, frankly, any other cancer with vitamin D supplementation. Okay. The next one is vitamin D and cardiovascular disease. So there was a trial called VITAL, vitamin D and omega-3 trial. Okay. Um, And for this purpose, I'm only going to focus on the vitamin D today. And what they did is they gave 2,000 IU a day of vitamin D, which is normally what you would get in a supplement bottle. Yep. Yes. Typically 2,000 IU. Yep. Mm -hmm. They had 26,000 participants. None of these people had cancer or cardiovascular disease when they got into the study. Okay. And what they were do- what happened is they were randomized or put randomly into groups receiving placebo or supplementation. Okay. So the results from the study were fascinating. Yes, anybody getting the vitamin D level raised their vitamin or getting the vitamin D raised their level. That makes okay. sense. Sure. So instead of, you know, in the 20s, they were 31 to 42 after okay. they had taken their vitamin D supplementation. Okay. However, Despite having a higher vitamin D level in their blood, there was no difference in cardiovascular events. 
Okay. So, so it didn't make a difference. It didn't make a difference. The fact that their vitamin D levels were increased. Right. It had no effect on their risk of having a heart attack or a stroke. Okay. Isn't this interesting? You're going to get yep. the theme here. <laughs> so vitamin D and diabetes. Uh-huh. So again, just like many other conditions, low vitamin D levels appear to be a risk factor for diabetes. Mm-hmm. Again, here we go. Observational studies yep. show a relationship between low levels of vitamin D and the risk of developing diabetes. But would have taking a vitamin D supplement help risk, lower your risk of, of diabetes? Right. It's a good question. Yeah. There was a gold standard trial from the National Institutes of Diabetes and Digestive and Kidney Diseases, um, which okay. is a, you'll see it sometimes NIDDK okay. in articles. Yep. Mm-hmm. They had tw- over 2,400 people at high risk for developing diabetes. Okay. And almost 22% of those had very low levels of vitamin D. Hmm. So okay. very low levels and they were tested. Uh-huh. So they were randomized, just again, put randomly into groups to get a v- daily vitamin D supplement at 4,000 IU, which is, again, a very typical supplement I sure. see patients coming in on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or a placebo. Mm-hmm. So essentially a sugar pill. After supplementation with vitamin D, the level did rise in the group getting the vitamin D. Okay. But there was no change, no significant benefit in terms of the risk of developing diabetes versus getting a placebo. So 293 people and that out of that 2,400 people in the vitamin D group got diabetes. Okay. And 323 in the placebo group got diabetes. Not statistically different. Could right. have been completely to chance. Yep. Again, when any low level is associated with a disease, people naturally assume that supplementing will prevent that disease. Yeah. And that is not the case with right. vitamin D yeah. at this point yeah. in the research. We do not see in the research that supplementing vitamin D will lower your risk of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, depression, right. COVID-19. As much as we would love right. to have one little pill change the world. Right. <laughs> And there can be too much of a good thing. Uh-huh. You know, supplemental doses that are very high can lead to nausea and vomiting, appetite loss, weakness, frequent hmm. urination, and kidney problems. So this is not just, well, it's not hurting me right. to take this vitamin D all the time. Yeah. This is something that you want to make sure that you're discussing with your physician and saying, do I really need to be taking vitamin D? If I have a normal vitamin D level, do I really need to be getting tested for it? Yeah. It seems like it's in everybody's blood draw now. You know, they get their cholesterol done, they get their, you know, complete blood counts, and they get a vitamin D level tested. Mm -hmm. And again, is it necessary to be getting vitamin D levels tested all the time? Right. And again, what we are finding is there's no role for the routine vitamin D testing. There's something called the Choosing Wisely campaign, which, I, again, I will include a link to. Okay. Um, this is a from the American Board of Internal Medicine. Hmm. And this particular campaign recommends against the routine testing of vitamin D levels. The only people they recommend getting vitamin D testing for, again, are people at risk for osteoporosis, Okay. So, again, we do need it for the prevention of osteoporosis mm-hmm. or somebody who has a GI issue, yep. liver disease, pancreatitis, those types of things that can affect absorption of vitamin D. Sure. No and then you're else. testing other things. Right. Then you're testing other things because there are other things that are affected in terms of absorption. The interesting thing with that, I think, is I've, I hear 
people talking about vitamin D supplements and bringing up their values. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, what's the... What's the benefit? What's the benefit of that? Right. Except to satisfy a level that may have been artificial, artificially inflated. <laughs> right. Like I said, there's a the, the reading on this is extremely interesting because okay. it appears that perhaps the levels were inflated and supplements were sold. Right. And whether we need to be, and because it's such a huge industry, mm-hmm. somebody, I read a, a quote from somebody involved in one of the organizations talking about maybe not using vitamin D supplements enough. He said, basically, vitamin D is a religion uh-huh. at this point. <laughs> yeah. Everybody assumes they need to be on it. So this is something to consider if you're taking vitamin D yeah. to question why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And this is something to, you know, I never you know, want people to argue with their doctors necessarily because that's not good sure. use of your time in an appointment. Yeah. But to question why I'm on vitamin D. Right. Do I need to continue to be on? I mean, I see people on some very large doses of mm-hmm. vitamin D. Do I mm-hmm. need to be on a very large dose of vitamin D? Right. If, did you test me last year and I have not been retested? Right. To see if my levels are normal. Right. You know? Yeah. Whether it being on this long-term, again, and these supplements are not free. If you're no. u- utilizing money to buy dietary supplements, you are cutting something else out of your budget. And in a lot of situations, that's healthy food. Right. So instead of buying, you know, a $20 bottle of vitamin D supplements that maybe last you a month or two, Mm -hmm. could you take that $20 and do something else with it in terms of your diet? Yeah. That may be more beneficial to you. Mm -hmm. Of course, I don't want anybody to take unnecessary chances in the sun. Sure. You don't need to go to tanning beds. You don't need to get sunburns. Right. That's not what we're talking about. I don't think you can even get vitamin can you get vitamin d from the tanning bed sure can okay and this was a big controversy because what this is in the article that i'm going to post with you with the show notes there was a a particular doctor who was really pushing for vitamin d levels to be changed and he was receiving or the organization he worked for was receiving money Mm. from the uv foundation which is primarily made up of tanning bed executives interesting so you okay. actually can yes make vitamin d from from you, tanning beds. from a tanning bed of course but no one would con- right no one would consider a tanning bed at this point safe oh boy so okay again i think this is something to you know it's one of those evaluate while why you're using it mm-hmm. if you want to continue to use it be aware that you may not be getting what you're paying for yeah you may not be getting the benefits that you think you're getting right from taking vitamin d on a completely routine basis mm-hmm. uh, and again if you're being tested from your physician question the reason for the test say again am i somebody at risk for osteoporosis yeah maybe am i somebody who has a gi condition probably i should be tested mm-hmm. but if you're a young healthy person without right. a lot of other chronic disease concerns yeah you get out in the sun you eat a reasonably healthy and balanced diet there is likely no role for routine vitamin d testing for right. you yeah and yeah. certainly not just taking a vitamin d supplement well just to be sure it couldn't hurt right even well, i see a lot of people who take a supplement and maybe self-supplement themselves because they've heard that right. all of us, I've heard, have you heard that? Like all of us are low in vitamin D. Yes, because the levels change. 
right. <laughs> I know I'm so all of vitamin D. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're all low in vitamin D, yeah, so I better take a supplement when they didn't get tested to begin with. Right. And then they're taking a supplement and they're not watching what those values are happening. Like, right. At some point, you may not need that vitamin right. D supplement exactly. because, like I said at the beginning, it's a fat-soluble right. vitamin, right. and our body has a potential of keeping it around. Right. And for if us. you have severely low vitamin D levels and you don't have an apparent reason, mm-hmm. then maybe you need to be worked up for something. You right. know, if you are, you know, somebody with a vitamin D level of uh, that's very low, yeah. and there's not a good explanation for that, mm-hmm. you may have an underlying issue that needs to be dealt with, you know? Yeah. Sometimes people get diagnosed with celiac disease when they come in with unexplained nutritional deficiencies. We yeah. see this a lot with anemia. Okay. Somebody comes in with anemia, with no yeah. good reason for anemia, mm-hmm. having those low blood counts, mm-hmm. and we they do a workup and, oh, that's why you right. have low blood counts because you're not absorbing the iron the way you should be right same thing with vitamin d if you have severely low levels mm-hmm. it may be something to discuss with your doctor hey why would i have a severely low level because right. low levels severe low levels are uncommon mm-hmm. um, and severe deficiencies are uncommon this is a great conversation with your physician if you are taking vitamin d if your doctor doesn't know you're taking vitamin d it's time to disclose that as well. Right. Absolutely. Right. I, I, we mentioned this last time, but absolutely make sure that your doctor is aware of any supplement you're yes. taking. Right. Even if you take it infrequently. Right. You know, it's something to say every once in a while I take some vitamin D. Maybe it would be good to have your levels tested if you haven't had them tested recently. Right. To see if you need to be taking it. And again, to remember that there's likely no benefit in terms of prevention of cardiovascular disease diabetes, cancer, depression, COVID, it just isn't working out. There was other ones talking about the risk of MS uh-huh. and rheumatoid arthritis. Again, none of that has worked out right. in terms of prevention or treatment of any of these conditions. Right. I think sometimes people focus on one nutrient and think yes. that that's going to be, yep. that's the reason why everybody's having trouble. And it's just not it's the just case not at the all. Case. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if you have more questions about vitamin D, please feel free to shoot us a message. Yeah. I will include lots and lots of articles um, with these show notes. And if you are interested in this type of topic, I, again, I'm a huge fan of Dr. Paul Offit. I think all of his books are amazing. Uh, <laughs> working through my next one called Bad Advice, okay. uh, which is talking about getting you know nutritional and medical advice from celebrities. Oh. Um, but it's just fascinating <laughs> stuff. This is the kind of stuff I just love reading. Yeah. So if you love reading that kind of stuff too, I can't recommend his stuff enough and the book that talks about vitamin d is called overkill and okay. it came out in the last couple of years i got it i got mine on audible but you can uh-huh. get yours on amazon or wherever you get yep. your, your books so thank you so much and we will see you next time wherever you get your podcasts